understand we've all felt stuck at one point or another, even the most successful people among us, because it's a rite of passage, a trial, to see if you have what it takes to be independent. The test is to prove that you deserve your destiny. Each week our goal is to bring you an inspiring story of someone who moved beyond their stranded face and found greatness on the other side. Welcome to The Stranded Podcast, and this is your host, Jessica Hurley. Welcome to The Stranded Podcast. Happy Tuesday, guys. If you are listening today, you are in for a true treat. I am bringing you someone that is the original Think and Grow Rich chick. Trust me when I tell you there is some value in this one. So do me a big, big favor and make sure you take some time to rate and review this episode on iTunes. It only takes a few minutes and this is what keeps us going. But today's bomb guest, the Think and Grow Rich chick herself, Miss Courtney Sanders, we get too deep today from everything from her amazing story where she started her blog, her successful blog and her business in her dorm room while she was in this insurmountable amount of debt and went to college to be an engineer and was unsure about what was going on and what was happening. She put this business together all from reading an amazing book and wanting to share it with others. We go from everything from her struggle from robbing Peter to pay Paul, which we've all been there when we're in the middle of the grind, um, how her first entrepreneurial idea bombed, and how it actually took her four years of running a side business to finally get to where she was able to quit her job and make this, uh, this business her baby. We get into the power of manifestation and she breaks this down in a way where we all can dream big and create it and make it a reality. And my favorite part of this is we get into why we all should understand that taking responsibility of our actions is important because when you take responsibility, you then have control. And when you have some control, that means you can change your situation. So trust me, this is worth every 45 minutes of your time. Without further ado, today's guest, Miss Courtney Sanders. You guys, I don't normally get fangirlish, but the girl that I'm interviewing today has truly helped me on my entrepreneurial journey. Uh, From her books to her blog content, from her podcast and just her story, I heard and learned about her in 2016 from one of her interviews on the Side Hustle Pro, and I have been hooked to her content and her social media ever since. I'm so excited to introduce today's guest to you, Miss Courtney Sanders. Wow, thank you for having me. (laughs) I can be your hype man from now on. I was going to say, that's pretty good. I got to take you on the road with me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, first things first, uh, we got to be humble and humane first. Congratulations on your new bundle of joy. Thank you. And welcome to the First Time Mommy Club. I know, I know. Isn't it a whirlwind? They say there's no hood like motherhood, and I'm learning that. (laughs) I'm taking that one. (laughs) That will throw you in the fire and teach you everything the hard way. Yes. (laughs) So this is the one I have to know from you. 
have you found any insight into balance with a little one? Ooh, um, right now, nothing's balanced per se, but uh, it's more just seizing the moment when they come up. So I think now I'm uh, kind of mourning all of the time I wasted before I had a kid. You know, I used to be like, oh my goodness, I don't have any time, whatever. And now, I mean, if I get three minutes here, five minutes there, I'm just snatching it. So um, no balance yet, but definitely um, taught me a lot about prioritizing and just seizing the moments as they come up. That's so funny. That's exactly what I've been saying. And I thought I was like selfish for saying it, but everyone's like, you know, how do you feel about motherhood? And I've said the exact same thing. Like my only piece of advice to anyone is do everything that you want to do now. Yeah. Because you will truly realize how much time you waste mm -hmm. and take advantage of after you have a child. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to jump right into fangirlish to say, but the moment that I fell in love with you and fell for oh. you. <laughs> I was listening to an old interview on the Side Hustle Pro. Shout out to that amazing woman um, where she interviewed you and you talked about your story and how you got on this journey and it kind of just reminded me of the whole premise of my podcast, which is just your moment in life where it's like your stuck phase. Mm -hmm. You feel like you're an, on an Island alone and there's nowhere to go and everything is downhill from here. And I'm a firm believer that those moments are the moments to embrace because that's just a little nudge uh, from our higher power saying, I'm going to drag you through this because there's something so much greater on the other side. So true. And you talked about being in college mm -hmm. and dealing with an insurmountable amount of credit card debt. Yeah. Not doing well in school. Right. And finding yourself in that moment of this really just may not be for me. And so then what? Can you tell us about that experience and how you went from that to thinking girl rich chick? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it was crazy. <laughs> now that I think back at that, uh, that point in my life, I'm like, oh my goodness, I, how did I make it out? But, um, but yeah, I uh, went to college and I had a full ride engineering scholarship, but I knew before I even stepped on campus that engineering as a major wasn't for me. Um, I had an inkling that I wanted to do something in business, but I wasn't sure. And I was really scared to make a change because everyone back home was so proud of me. They're like, oh my goodness, our daughter is engineering full ride, you know, and I didn't want to take that away from them so I just kind of you know stuck it out even though I knew my heart wasn't in it but one day I was skipping class which was already a, a bad sign and I was in the business school and I saw um, Lisa Price was on campus and she's the founder of uh, the hair care company Carol's Daughter and she talked about her experience and starting a business in her basement and I don't know what it was but hearing her story just gave me so much hope and made me feel like you know what I can do this like that's what I want to do I don't want to be an engineer I want to be an entrepreneur so um, literally that evening I teamed up with a chemistry major. I was chemical engineering, she was chemistry. And that night we went to the uh, the campus computer lab and started like making a really, you know, rudimentary logo and, you know, we were starting our business. And so um, from there I was working on a hair care company and uh, skipping class and just <laughs> trying to make it work even though I was like 19, 20 at the time. I had no idea about business or how any of these things worked. Um, so needless to say, not only did that business fail, but I looked up a year later and my grades were completely in the toilet. I was in a ton 
credit card debt because I was robbing Peter to pay Paul to keep everything afloat. And I was just really like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? I'm on the verge of dropping out of school. My business dreams aren't working. My education dreams aren't working. How did I get here? Um, and so as luck would have it, I don't even know how I, I got invited, but I got invited to this conference where uh, it was a large um, women business conference, like a national conference, but they were inviting students, so female students who were interested in entrepreneurship from all over the country to receive on-site uh, mentorship at this conference. And so uh, thankfully they didn't look at grades, I guess, <laughs> because I got invited and accepted. And I got to go in. Um, they had a life coach on staff. That was the first time I even heard of a life coach. I didn't know that was a profession or what that was. And um, she kept raving about this book, Think and Grow Rich, and saying how it um, helped her change her, her business around and her marriage around and her life around and all these different things. And so when I got home from the conference, I checked the book out from the library because I didn't have enough money to buy it. And sure enough, on the uh, in the second chapter, I think it's on the second or third page, the author talks about how um, if you want to quote unquote think and grow rich, you need to do these six or seven steps. And one of them was decide what you were going to give in exchange for you know what you said you wanted. And that was really eye opening for me because up until that point, I thought you just decide you want something and then you just automatically are going to have it because you want it really really bad. And so it never occurred to me that I needed to get clear on what I was going to give you know. In sacrifice in exchange for my own dream. So um, that book, among other self-help books, really um, inspired me. And so I started a blog called Think and Grow Chick just to really document my process and how I was going to dig myself out of this hole of credit card debt and grades in the toilet and just everything that was going wrong. And I did it not to start a business, but just because I wanted accountability because I figured if I made it public, people would hold me accountable and I'd be more likely to um, achieve my goals and turn my life around. Little did I know that after a year of blogging my experience, not only were people flocking to my website and sending me emails saying, how are you doing this? Can you help me? Can you coach me? But that same conference that I got to go to as a student, the next year they invited me to, um, to compete on a bid for um, the contract of who was going to develop next year's curriculum. And so that was exciting to me because it was like a $70,000 contract and it didn't, I never knew that you could make money like selling your knowledge. Like I didn't even know personal development and training, like, you know, training companies existed. So just the opportunity to compete on that bid, um, really opened my eyes to like, you know what, this could be a business. So, um, I ended up not winning that bid and uh, they had some different things going on with their funding. But after I graduated from school, I said, you know what, um, um, that was all I needed to know. Like, <laughs> you can make money off this. So I'm going to keep working on this on the side until I'm able to turn this into a full-fledged business. So I did that for a full four years. I worked full-time and worked on my business mornings, nights, and weekends. Took a ton of PTO, you know, traveling, doing speaking engagements. And I was able to quit in July of 2016. And so here we are um, two years later. Wow. So, so much. So... <laughs> <laughs> Can we highlight, though, the what year was it that you decided that you were going to start uh, beyond blogging the content, but that you realized you could make money of this and you were going to start this business while you were working full time? Mm -hmm. What year was that to 2016 where you were able to get, quit your job? Yeah, 2012 is when I was I made the decision like, hey, this is going to be a thing. It might, it might have even been 2011 because I corp incorporated in 2011. So. Um, to get ready to even bid on that contract. So I'd say the fall, winter of 2011 to the spring of 2012 was when I got really serious about it. So what you're telling me is that it took you four or five years. Yes. Constant content, 
mm-hmm. building an audience, getting to know your clients and coaching to make enough money to make this your full-time business. Yeah. And I mean, I always tell people that my, my journey was my journey. So you might do it faster. You might do it slower. Um, I had a learning curve because I was pretty young. Um, I mean, still young, but I'll, I'll be 30 in a month. So when this whole journey started, you know, and I was like 2021, 20, so it's been a long time. And, um, I incorporated around 24 or 25 or something like that. So there's just a learning curve in terms of, uh, the maturity and knowledge to even figure out what the heck I was doing. And then from there, um, by that point I had gotten married and, you know, I uh, was living with my husband and we bought a house and all that. So maybe if I was single and on my own, I could have done it faster because my expenses were lower. But um, we took a more conservative approach and that even though I was I was making money as of uh, 2015, I didn't want to quit until 2016 until I knew that my revenue was sustainable and that I was able to build up a little savings cushion before I took the leap. So I love that. I love that story, though, because it's like you you took time to fall in love with the process. Mm-hmm. You took time to be able to measure whether or not this was going to be, like you said, sustainable. It's one thing to make you know, this crazy amount of money, but am I doing this on a month to month basis to sustain my living? Right. That is so awesome. I love that. And everyone is selling this, like you can quit your job in a year dream. And like you said, Mm -hmm. everyone's journey is different and you can, you can do it in whatever way, shape or form. But, um, that's not always the case for people. And that does not make you unsuccessful because you aren't able to quit your job in six months to a year. Oh, yes. Very few people do that. I think that the longer road is more typical. Yep, I agree. So speaking of turning 30 soon, happy early birthday. Thank you. (laughs) I listened to your 29 things that you learned before Mm -hmm. 30, and I was like, what a good idea. (laughs) Some of them were so applicable, like, and practical. I was like, oh, these are great. Like, you went from everything of, like, learn patience in your business to like get a lawyer and get an accountant. <laughs> and I was like, right. This is great. This is like, here's all the things I learned the hard way. Don't make these same mistakes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it was super insightful. Thank you for that. But I'm, I'm an avid listener. And so my question was you, cause you've got so many great tips for those people. Cause I've got tons of friends in their thirties right now that I feel like they're dealing with like a midlife crisis because <laughs> they're like, Oh, I've been, ha- I've had this job for six years. I hate my life. I hate this job. Um, I think I've got, you know, I have big plans, but I don't know what I'm doing in my life or what's next, or I don't know how to make this impact kind of similar to the shoes you were in, in college, but a younger age. Mm-hmm. Do you have any tips or advice for those people right now? Yeah, I would say take it in stages. I think um, a lot of times we look at ultimately where we want to be from where we are. So we're like, oh, I'm in this job. I hate it. I don't know what I want to do, but I know I want to do something cool and fun where I don't have to work a nine to five. And so it's like, well, that's a big, broad gap, you know. And so if you wake up every day comparing yourself to where you are to that really long term, you know, broad, nebulous vision, then you're going to be depressed. So instead, take it in stages in terms of what it's going to take to get there. So maybe Maybe right now you're just focusing on 
finding a career path or a type of business that really excites you and you just commit to for the next six months you're going to do everything you can so you're going to go to networking events in your city you're going to read books you're going to start listening to podcasts at least once a day like you know you create your own plan around just getting clarity on what it is that you want to do and so six months go by now you have clarity and so now you can take the next step maybe the next stage is all right i have clarity on what i want to do now i need to build a brand and put myself out there so now you're building the brand and you're getting your website together and you're deciding what your content is and all of that stuff and that takes another six months so within a year you've gone from having no idea what you wanted to do to having an idea and actually having a, a brand online and so maybe the next six months or the next year you commit to just being super consistent you're not going to worry about making money right now you're just going to try to get an audience and build that and so six months to a year goes by and now you have clarity you have a brand you have an audience that loves you and so now you're like okay I'm going to start you know putting out my first products and just seeing if I can make some money and so for the next six months then money's trickling in and so it's been what uh, uh, two years and now you've gone from having no idea to having a brand that actually makes a little bit of money and so from there it's just a matter of scaling it to a place where you can do that full time um, and it's a lot easier from that place where you're already making a little bit of money than from the place of well I have no idea what I'm doing but I just hate being here so you know you want to do it in stages almost like uh, walking up steps you know no one tries to get to the very top step from the bottom you know you you walk up the first flight of stairs and then from there you walk up the second and then you just keep going and then you'll look and you'll see that you've made it to the top the way that you broke that down <laughs> is everything because I will meet people that will find they'll they'll find this a this is what they want to do. They'll create content for a week. They won't get enough attention, um, traffic, or likes. And then they're like, well, I tried that thing. It's not for me. And yeah. I'm like, you have such a long journey. Like, and the way that you just, for two years, you know, and taking it six months by six months by six months, yeah. like, you can really look back. If you really put your all into this thing, you can look back on six months and go, wow, I've really come a long way. Yeah, and I find that that way is actually faster because when you try to scale too fast or, you know, make too big of a leap, you inevitably miss your mark, you feel discouraged, and so you keep starting over and over again. And so for some people, they look up and four or five years have gone by, they haven't made any headway, and that's because they're, they're trying to make too big of a leap in one fell swoop, where if they would just break it down and just be content to focus on what's right in front of them, whatever that is, whether that's clarity or building a brand or creating your audience or making your first product or whatever, if they would just commit to that process and master that little micro process within the greater process, they would they would achieve the overall goal faster. But because they keep trying to do the whole thing in one fell swoop and they keep missing it, you know, they keep starting over and then years have gone by and they're, they're no further than they were when they started. Exactly. <laughs> and speaking of planning, you, one of my favorite things, and I could be making this up, but one of my favorite <laughs> things about your podcast is you just don't focus on the tips and the tricks and the things that you've learned. You also talk a lot about the importance of finances, mm -hmm. financial investment, the things that you've learned the hard way, um, you know, and that scarcity mindset. And for me, that's the stuff I need to hear because I can learn all the other stuff, but financial intelligence is like, that's it used to always be the last thing on my radar mm -hmm. and you did an entire episode on how the scarcity scarcity mindset can kill our chances for financial success. Mm -hmm. Tell my audience more about that. 
Yeah, I, I really, it, it boils down to understanding, especially, and I always make this caveat, you know, especially here in the U.S., if you live in the Western world, so, you know, Europe or, you know, Australia or something like that, um, in a free and open society, for the most part, it's not about, quote unquote, not being able to afford things as much as it is deciding whether you want to afford something or not. And we've all been in a situation where we're like, oh, I can't afford this or that. But then an emergency happens. So your car breaks down or somebody gets sick or there's a medical bill or whatever. Somehow, magically, you're able to hustle it up. Even if you got to ask somebody and then, you know, take donations over here and, you know, start selling cookies on the weekend or, you know, babysitting or whatever. Somehow you're able to get what you need to get in order to get to where you're going. And I find it fascinating that we will do that in crisis. But when it comes to our dreams and creating the life that we want, we just sit on our hands and say, oh, well, I can't afford to invest in my business or I can't afford this or I can't afford that. And it's that's not true. You don't want to afford it. Like all money is, is just value. It's just a, a, um, a representation that we use to denote when someone has uh, created value and when someone's exchanging it for some other value. So instead of bartering and trading, we're just trading these little green slips of paper around all the time. So if you are able to create value in the world, then you're able to create income. And so if you're able to create income, then you can afford whatever is important to you. You just have to change your mindset around that. Um, so for me, you know, building a business has been an awesome personal development journey and an awesome uh, financial journey because, I mean, it's been really great to be able to create a financial way out of no way, like to really tap into yourself and look at all of your gifts and talents, all of the different ways that you can bring value to the table. And again and again, to, to put that forth and for people to say, yes, you know, I want to buy that. It's awesome. And you, you the more you do it, the more you realize, you know what? there's there's enough money out here for everyone and there's enough money for whatever it is that you want to do and it's not about taking money from anybody it's about creating value that people can't get enough of and so all of us are capable of doing that we just have to figure out you know how we do that and what our unique skill sets are and once we do just trust that the money is out there it's just a matter of finding you know the person who needs what you have to offer that's so true, because when I first started um, interacting with entrepreneurs and they would sell these coaching packages, you know, for $2,000, $3,000, I was like, I'm certain you can't find people out there that can make that investment. <laughs> and, and I was wrong. There's tons of people out there that mm -hmm. won't spend the money on other things, but will will spend the money on that investment. And I was I was really blown away by that many people. You know, we always say that we don't have that amount of money in our savings or we don't have that amount of money to throw away or mm -hmm. that X amount of Americans don't have an emergency fund to fix their car or their tire. But mm -hmm. that makes so much sense. People will hustle yeah. when it's something that they truly want. Oh, there there are so many people who quote unquote don't have the money but are buying tickets to the Beyonce tour right now, you know? And I'm like <laughs> I don't know how that happened, but magically they found the mic. <laughs> I know we talked a little bit about your college experience, but going back to college and then fast forwarding to now to Think and Grow Rich Chick and your feature in Forbes in 2017 and now getting to a point where you are averaging 75,000 visitors per month on your blog site. Tell me about the mindset shift that had to happen from college to now. Mm, the mindset shift. Um, a lot of it was confidence because I was young when I was getting started. So I was like, 
oh, you know, is anybody going to listen to me? And, you know, who cares? I, I'm just a college girl, you know? So it took a long time for me to shake that, quote unquote, I'm just a college girl mindset, even when I was done with college. I mean, I, I noticed I was doing that, like, you know, two, three years removed. I was still kind of this, like, you know, what was me? Oh, I'm nobody. I'm just this little college girl. And I was like, uh, no, you're a grown woman, you know, working a job with bills, you know, like you're grown. You don't have to play the like, oh, I'm young college person anymore. So I'm um, just developing that confidence and the ability to say, hey, I do have something of value to offer. And it's worthwhile for you to listen to me, regardless of, you know, how old I may be or how old you may be, you know, what I have is valuable. So um, I think overcoming that mindset was really helpful because it allowed me to be bolder in the, um, and the things that I came up with and that I created. And so once I kind of shed that and I was bolder, I found myself creating things more often. And so um, I think just the amount of like the volume of content that I was putting out constantly and just always staying in front of my audience face, then, um, you know, they got to know me and got to know what I was about and my process. And that really helped me not only grow, but helped me attract the attention of other big players in the space who were like, hey, we want to collaborate with you. So from there, um, collaborating and taking on a mindset of collaboration over competition. Um, I strongly, strongly believe in that. You know, my business definitely wouldn't have grown as much as it did if I hadn't collaborated with a lot of really cool people who have that same um, belief that collaboration is better than competition. So just always being willing to, um, you know, connect with my peers and, you know, do cool things that bring both of our audiences um, a lot of value, that really catapulted me and um, grew me as well. So yeah, I would say just uh, getting over my who is who am I type syndrome, um, and then just valuing collaboration over competition really um, allowed me to grow. There's so much in what you just said. I'm like, whoo, <laughs> because that's, those are the two biggest issues for women is what it seems like. We're always mm -hmm. competing with one another yep. and self-confidence is an forever evolving thing. And when you were saying that you had to shed that, I was thinking, isn't that a skill you have to continue to practice though? Even once you shed that, like, do you have to continuously work to build that self-confidence? Oh my goodness, all the time. I just posted about this on um, Instagram because I get a lot of people who question and they're like, oh, well, the reason I haven't taken action is because I'm scared or because I feel like I'm not ready or I'm not good enough. And I'm like, if you're waiting for you to not feel those things, you will never take action because you always feel those things. It doesn't matter what level you are on. Like, you just feel them about different things. So before, I felt like I wasn't good enough to, like, write a blog post. Well, now I'm writing a book. And sometimes I feel like, am I good enough to write this book? Who's going to read this? Nobody's going to read it. You know? It's the same same demons. But I think because I have um, a track record and I practice, you know, overcoming those things, I rec now when I get those thoughts and those feelings, I recognize them for what they are and I'm like oh they're not real they're not true it's just it just is what it is and I just you know take action anyway yeah you talked about how those are feelings and that you mm -hmm. can't avoid feelings yeah like feelings have nothing to do with physically like people act because you feel like you're not good enough to whatever post on Instagram or start your own podcast or something that somehow that feeling like physically impedes you from going out and like opening up your laptop and hitting the like record button. No, it doesn't. Like your fingers still work. Your feet still work. Your computer still work. Like your feelings have no control over anything. So whatever, have the feeling, feel the feeling, but take the action anyway. Mm. Mm. So what do you do most often to ensure that you're constantly growing? 
Oh, reading is a big one. Um, so yeah, just reading books, um, and also reading books outside of my genre. In the beginning, I used to like be obsessed with like all these business books and all these personal development books. But lately, I've been reading a lot of books, just like all kind of books, memoirs or books about, I don't know, people in the cooking industry or just anything that I think is cool just to kind of get inspiration outside of um, what's going on in my industry because I find that if you if you get too focused on what everybody else is doing, you start producing the same results everybody else is producing and it's really difficult to, um, to kind of get ahead of that. So um, reading but making sure that I'm reading a lot of different um, diverse topics, um, Prayer and spirituality is, is a really big one for me. So just always making sure that I'm maintaining my connection to God and, um, you know, reading the Bible and all of that is a big one. Um, connecting with like-minded friends, having um, my, oh, this is a big one, having my circle around me and specifically cultivating a group of people who honestly are like ahead of you. So um, I remember I was putting together a mastermind group and, hey, I reached out to a woman who had a $5 million business. Now, my, my business is not at $5 million but I wanted to run with people who are running faster than me. So I'm always trying to get in rooms of, of people who are ahead of me or make relationships with people who are doing bigger and better things than I'm doing because I feel like, you know, a rising tide lifts all, all boats. And if I can kind of get behind what they're doing, then, you know, naturally um, some of that will rub off on me as well. So, yeah, I would say those are all the things I do to, to stay growing. Well, you can't learn anything from being the smartest person in the room. Oh, yeah, definitely not. And I agree with you about the reading. That is so true. Like, mm -hmm. reading cross genres, I've realized yeah. that, like, everyone has a gift to offer you. Everyone. Mm -hmm. And you can learn something from anyone. Yeah. And I'm like, when did I stop valuing that? Like, because you're right, I'll get so stuck in the self-help, self-development, the mm -hmm. business books. And I'm like, how did I miss this? Like, a someone's story is just as good. Like you said, the memoirs, like... I'm like, this person's whole life is a gift to just yeah. hear this story and understand blows me away. So much knowledge out there. Your, I want to go back to your 29 lessons. Like mm -hmm. I, if I could tell anyone I've listened to so many good, so much good content from you, but I was like, this girl an hour literally wrapped up like 29 amazing things you can apply <laughs> to your life right now. Like, you could have wrapped up, you could have just shut your podcast down after that. <laughs> like, shut it down. It's good. She's she's done all she, she can do for this world. Drops mic. Yeah, drops, drops mic. <laughs> but you talked, you told this, like, story about how, and I hope I don't get it wrong, but, like, you had picked up a goal list from you that oh, you had yeah. writ written out years ago. Mm -hmm. And how you basically, you kind of law of attraction everything in your life. And you had wrote down all these goals, but you spoke as if they were, they already existed. Like mm -hmm. I will have a office, uh, I think yes. it was like an office on the beach, you know, yeah, yeah. Windows, <laughs> and I will have an X amount of money making business. And, mm -hmm. and this is manifestation at its finest. And I know it to be true because I've seen it in action, but tell, tell my audience more about the power of this and what they're really missing out on if they're not taking an opportunity to do this. Yeah, it was so um, cool because I literally stumbled on it. It was in a spreadsheet that I had in like my Google Drive. And I remember I was setting up um, like Google Suites because I hired a team last year. And so things needed to be moved from like my personal Gmail to the Google Suites account. And so I was like just randomly looking through all these files to see what I could delete and what I could keep. And I came across this um, goal list where I had like detailed 
you know, things that I wanted for my life and business right now. So it wasn't just like, oh, I want to work full time or, oh, I, I want to have a business that makes money. It was very specific. Like I want to be, you know, the rising, you know, personal development and entrepreneurship, you know, the training brand for millennial women. And I want this kind of office and I want to work for myself this many days a week and I want to work this many hours and I want to have this type of money. And like, it was very, very specific. And what was so interesting about that is, again, like I said, I, I wrote them down but it wasn't like a spreadsheet that I was always checking into. And so I think that speaks to the power of writing your goals down and really being um, serious about that and uh, really taking that with you. Because even though it wasn't a spreadsheet that I was checking in on on a continuous basis, you know, those goals were like written like in the back of my brain, you know, they were like on my heart and something that I had carried with me for years. And so I was always working towards um, that aim, those things that I wrote down. And so I just find it amazing how how precise my life has gotten. Like the only thing that's not quite is, um, you know, the office on the beach, even though I'm still working on that. But I do have a light filled office studio. that's not that far from my house that I can drive to. Um, I live in Texas, so there are no beaches here. But you know, we're looking to move to California. So once I do that, then I'll just find an office on the beach. But I, I specifically said that I wanted my business to be international. And I wanted to regularly hold events. Um, and I said like in London and Europe and all these places. And last year, I held an event in London. And I held an event in Paris. And so, and I didn't look at that goal sheet, you know, to do that. It's just something that I was, you know, able to do because I was serious about that. So, um, yeah, definitely writing your goals down, um, and just keeping them top of mind, even if you don't, you know, look at your journal every day or look at where you wrote them down, just really like writing them down in your heart and, um, and working towards that, you'll find yourself subconsciously, you know, moving towards and taking action towards the things you say you want in your life office on the beach coming soon yes <laughs> <laughs> no but that's when you said that and you talked about like really visualizing that you're already there mm -hmm. I myself personally have realized this to be so so true and where we miss the boat is we'll have goals but we don't subconsciously think about them all the time because we mm -hmm. don't believe that we can have them therefore we don't visualize ourselves there Therefore, we don't truly believe it. And I did not realize the power of, one, wanting something and having a goal, but two, truly believing that you can have it. Yeah, that's big because it's got to get in your body. Like, I don't know how to explain it any other way, but it's one thing to just, like, write a goal down or to have it. But to be so intently focused on it, you almost feel it like physically like tingling when you when you're thinking about the goal and that's for me like I get super serious about it um and visualizing is so important for me because I visualize like what the room smells like and what the temperature is like I incorporate all of my senses to the point where I physically feel what it feels like to be experiencing those things and I find that that's helpful because then when I come back to real life part of it feels um I don't want to say like not right but it feels uh, just slightly off. Like I can feel like, Oh, this is not the same feeling I had when I was feeling what it would feel like to be in those goals. And because I, I now recognize like that, that dissonance, like the gap between how it feels to do what I'm doing right now and how it feels to, you know, be ultimately where I want to be. You find yourself subconsciously taking action to get back 
to the feeling that you just visualize. So I think it's very similar to um, like what top athletes do and like Olympians and everything. You know, it's not just enough for them to practice, but I mean, they really like get into their bodies when they're thinking about, you know, visualizing them hitting the tennis ball or, you know, that swim stroke or whatever. And I think they do that because they're, I don't know what it is like scientifically, but there's something to like physically feeling your goals, not just like, saying you want them or just deciding what they are, but just really incorporating them like in your whole self, you, you really take them on and you'll, you'll subconsciously do things to get closer to that goal without even realizing that you're doing it. And I think some people separate it and consider it daydreaming, daydreaming, (laughs) which means it's not real and it's not possible Mm -hmm. and feeling it. Like I, I totally understand why you're saying you're not able to explain it because I couldn't either. Mm-hmm. But it was literally just a difference between thinking it was like this outlandish, outlandish, lofty dream mm-hmm. to thinking I will be this, I can be this, and why not me? Yep. It, it's so crazy because then everything will literally snowball effect into your life. Yeah. I mean, I remember um, there was a particular freeway or tollway I always had to take. Uh, to get to my job in the morning, and I, like, hated it. I was always running late, and I was like, oh. But I, one day, I just started um, make-believing as I was driving to work that I wasn't driving to work, that I was actually driving downtown to, like, meet with a client or to do some really cool event, and afterwards, I was going to, like, eat at this really swanky restaurant, and, like, I would just, like, make up this whole day in my head even though I was driving to work, and I would feel what it would feel like if that were my actual day. I would put the music on that I would be listening to if I was actually going to meet that client and just to get myself in a better mood for when I actually showed up at my nine to five. But it's so funny. Now I travel down that freeway all the time for events to meet a client to eat at a swanky restaurant. Like that is my life. I do that all the time. Um, and I think creating that feeling before that was my reality has a lot to do with it. That's so crazy. Cause then when it happens, you're really able to live in the moment. Like, yeah. That's that crazy experience of like, Oh, I've been here before. Yep. Yep. I earned it. Yeah. Wow. Who's Courtney's hero right now? Who's my hero right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, probably my mom, just because, like, as a new mom, I I really appreciate even greater, like, everything that she did. I was just talking to my husband about this today, uh, he was, this morning. He was like, oh, you appreciate your mom more. I was like, you are not kidding. Because um, for a while, you know, my mom was a single mom before she got remarried. Um, but she was still able to accomplish her gr- dreams. And she was always very good with money and just you know, it was always like, take no, don't take no for an answer, like, go get it type person. And so I just thought like, oh, that's her personality. Like she passed that down to me. It's really cool. But I didn't appreciate how um, challenging it can be to be that kind of way and have that personality when you do have kids to take care of and family and responsibility. So now that I'm in the thick of it, I'm like, wow, thanks, mom. So I would say she's my hero right now. No, that's so serious. (laughs) My audience knows I'm a new mom. Not not nearly as new as you, <laughs> but it never get you never can get used to used to anything. And yeah. it never gets old, and it's it's surprise after surprise. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's constant. You don't get a break from being a mom. Like no, this is your life. You don't. <laughs> you really don't. But it's so worth it. There's just moments mm-hmm. where you're like, thank God. It's it's just like building a business. You said it earlier, and it literally made me think about motherhood. It's like. People will, you know, people my our age will walk around and say, I'm not ready. You know, I'm not ready for kids yet. I'm not financially Mm -hmm. stable. I'm not this. I'm not that. Same thing with your business. It's like you'll never, you will never mentally or financially be prepared to have children. Yep. Never. 
You just kind of do it and you wing it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Figure it out as you go. Yep. So Courtney, young Courtney in college, your situation you were in moments of despair, moments where you thought these days would never come. What would your advice be to her? Mm. Well, my advice be to her. Um, honestly, and this is going to sound harsh, but I don't mean it this way. I mean it totally in love. Like, um, you put yourself in that situation so you can get yourself out. And to me, that's empowering. Like, a lot of people, they hear someone will say something to that effect to them, and they get, like, really angry. Like, what do you mean? And you don't understand, and, you know, start making excuses. But I truly believe in radical responsibility, and I'm of the mindset where I'm like, yo, everything is my fault. Like, because if it's my fault, that makes me feel good because I'm like, whew, then I can fix it. I never want to be in a situation where it's quote unquote, not my fault to the point where I have no control over changing it or I can't um, get out of it. So I figure out ways like, okay, how can I undo what is happening? Even if, you know, on the, on the surface, it feels like, you know, this is something that I quote unquote had no control over. Um, but specifically with my situation in college, I mean, that was definitely my fault. Like I, I wasn't going to school. I was the one that took out the credit cards, that kind of thing. Um, but just owning that and recognizing it, like, um, not from a like malicious or point your finger or I told you so kind of way, but like the results you're getting right now are because of actions that you took. So if you want different results, all you have to do is just take different action. That's it. Um, so I feel like when I was in that moment of despair and I was really worried that I had ruined everything and, um, you know, it was really crushing to me because I had come from a background where everyone was like, oh, you know, you, you're a rising star. You're so promising. Like, you've got this great scholarship and you're going to do amazing things. Like, everybody really put their hopes on me. So to end up where it was like I was almost dropping out of school. I lost my scholarship. Like, I had no money. I was super broke. Credit card debt. I felt like, oh my goodness, I totally let everybody down. Like, is this the person that I'm going to be right now? But, you know, now being on the other side of that, I can tell myself, hey, you were where you were because of very specific actions that you took. Like, that's just, it just is what it is. And so if you want to be somewhere different, all you have to do is just take different actions. So figure out what those actions are and start taking them. That's it. So I have the same disease. <laughs> and I'm so happy that you said that. Because, again, it's just a perspective change. Mm -hmm. That is literally something that I can apply right now today. Because it literally sounds like you're saying you should be excited for the opportunity to have full responsibility to change yep. your situation. Yep. And I'm, like, obsessed with taking responsibility for everything to the point where people will be like, you're, gonna, you're putting too much pressure on yourself. You don't have to be responsible for everything. But I, I've always found it to be easier that way. That's it. You hit it. It's easier. People are like, oh, it's so much pressure. Like, they think it's harder. And it's like, no, it's not. It's easier. If I'm responsible, then I have some level of control and I can change things. Right. And if I make a mistake and I know that it's my responsibility, I'm always going to go, okay, well, what can I do better next time? Yeah. So I'm going to grow from everything I take responsibility for, regardless. So why wouldn't I take responsibility for it? And now you're giving me the open door to say, you should be excited about that. And it's just a perspective mm -hmm. shift. And that. Yeah. That makes me so happy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so tell my, I already told my audience about how crazy I am about your content, but tell them <laughs> where they can stalk you. 
Yes. Uh, most people love to stalk me on Instagram. Um, so you can find me. It's think in grow chick. So the letter in, I always say when I got on Instagram, Instagram was a hater and they had like a character limit on what your name could be. That's so I couldn't right. spell it out like think and grow chick. So just think and the letter in and then grow chick. Um, so yeah, that's me on Instagram. Um, my website, think and grow chick.com. So T H I N K A N D G R O W C H I C K. Dot com. Um, I'm on YouTube now. I was on there years ago and then was dormant and didn't do anything. But now I'm posting a lot of videos just showing like behind the scenes of um, day in my life and all that. So if you're interested in checking out my entrepreneurial lifestyle, you can find me on YouTube.com slash Think and Grow Chick. And I'm pretty much Think and Grow Chick everywhere. So whatever platform suits your fancy, just search for Think and Grow Chick and I'll be there. And also on iTunes. Um, so I have a podcast as well. And so if you just go on iTunes and search Think and Grow Chick, it'll pop up. Nothing against mine, but yours is the ish. They need it. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Courtney, congratulations again on your handsome boy. Thank you. You are welcome. And thank you so much for being honest and vulnerable with us. And I hope you uh, wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks again for joining us on another episode of The Stranded Podcast. If you felt inspired or moved today, make sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about us and our guests at thestrandedphase.com. And don't forget that your stranded phase is a rite of passage on your journey to greatness.